Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Okay. Hey, hey, everybody. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the TCK pod. That's the Candlestick Kids podcast. You knew that, though, because you went and found us. You probably subscribed to this podcast somewhere. Fantastic. Good for you. We're on. Where are we? Where are we, Lucas? 362? Oh, I mean, where can they find the fucking podcast? Oh, um, and every podcast form. I'm pretty, I don't know the and- details exactly every fucking where so go find us no excuse and look if you're seeing our beautiful faces right now it's because we have a youtube channel too okay we have a youtube channel now so that you can see us when we talk it's more engaging because we're beautiful people right yeah there Um, you go yeah sure hey so speaking of speaking of you've got a, a background that i haven't seen before is this an smu helmet in the background what are we looking at here yeah it's Corton sutton smu helmet is that right? It is. It that's is. kind of badass. That's that's a sweet little. Is it signed? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you can't really see it. I'm. Oh gosh, the the front of the helmet, I guess. Yeah, kind of. I love that. That's fucking sweet. I've got uh, I got like uh like uh, English language arts posters behind me because that's what my wife does for a living. Anyway, let's focus. This is T- TCK Pod episode three hundred and sixty two. People three sixty. We're gonna hit that magic four hundred this off season. I can't wait. Um, look, you need to engage with us. Don't just listen to us. Don't just watch us engage. We're all over the place. You can catch Sky, who's kind of the guy in charge here on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod. Um, that's where he'd prefer you or on Twitter. He's at TCK underscore pod. My man, Lucas Kaser here is at Lucas underscore Kaser two because his ass got hacked. Um, that's on Twitter as well. You know me, I'm Dewey's nuts. At Dwee's Nuts, all Z's, no S's um, on Twitter. And uh, Bobby, our fourth fourth TCK pod mate, uh, if you will, FFX Factor on Twitter. Go find him and all of his stuff there as well. That stuff out of the way. Look, today we're going to be talking running backs. Time to do a little review. Uh, it's early off season. Not a lot happening in the league right now, although, although, you know, it looks like the Bears might be the new home for Carson Wentz. Great. <laughs> fucking fantastic we tried Foles last year we might as well try Wentz right Vincent Jackson just died what the fuck happened do you even know who Vincent Jackson is yeah I know that was he was on me and my dad's fantasy team uh, that we shared in like I don't even what grade would I even be in like fifth grade maybe or something like that that's real dumb he was a great fantasy asset to have on your team man six five something I don't know how he died really sad really tragic uh but look as I told my son today, 
101 billion people have died over the course of history. You can't get sad about every single one of them. So let's move on. It's cold and callous, right? But it's true. It's true. Though. It's true. Got to teach your kids the hard lessons. Um, we're talking. We're talking running backs today. We're going to do a review of the top 24 running backs from 2020. We're going to rip through them, kind of put them in some tiers, talk a little bit about why they finished, where they finished, whether their finish place was accurate or not. And then, Lucas, you've got a few guys you want to dive a little bit deeper on, not super deep, uh, maybe give us uh, 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 some insight into where they might finish next year. I'm going to do the same for you guys, and um, that's it. We'll, you know, we'll be done with this. We've got a couple more positional recaps to do on the podcast here uh, this week and next week, and then we'll be moving into sort of um, 2021 stuff a little more uh, vigorously right as we've got coaching changes coming up. We've got free agency coming up, which is fantastic. Once Wentz is a bear, I'm sure we'll do a whole episode, maybe two or three, <laughs> just just on Wentz, Allen Robinson, and the Chicago Bear. I, I promise you this real quick. If Carson Wentz is a Chicago Bear, Allen Robinson will not be. Probably. I mean, he tweeted out, like, he wants a quarterback, and then, like, I, I don't know. People like to make assumptions on Twitter. Of course he wants a quarterback, but like we're going to say, say he goes to a new team. I, I don't know. It's I, it probably, if you named five destinations, at least four of them would be a better quarterback than yeah. Trubisky. But like, it's not like his value is going to go up. Cause like, he can't see more targets than he does. Like, I think everyone's like miss. Um, he wants a better quarterback. Cause he wants a ring. Cause he's a ring chaser. Not because like, He's not getting his work. So like, I don't, that's just kind of my thoughts on the whole A-Rob thing. But I, I agree that uh, if they get once, they're going to have probably the highest paid quarterback room probably in, in the league, I think, or so something. Dumb. Worst quarterback value in the league probably ever, if I'm honest with you, over the three quarterbacks that they'll have on roster. But that's all in the future. We're not there yet, right? Yeah. As Bobby likes to say, like, this shit's probably not going to happen, so let's not talk about it. Um, sure. Instead, let's talk about some shit that did happen. Let's talk about running backs for 2020. Before we get into this, I just want to say, and I said this at one point earlier, I don't know where I was, but to me this year, running backs were really strange, right? We had a very small, very small tier one selection at the top. These were regular week in and week out reliable guys. Uh, and then there was just a huge pool of, you know, hopefully we get something good. A couple of guys will pop off here and there. It looked a lot more like wide receivers have in the past. It was a sort of a strange year for me. Did you feel the same way or did you, am I totally off base? I mean, we talked about it. Obviously I was pro zero RB, not like because all these guys were going to get hurt or like, you can't predict that. But we talked about how like, well, I mean, like if you look at a baseline, like if, if you were able to see our sheet, if you're listening, like, you could say there was, I don't know, if we look at the list, 12 good running backs, maybe 13 good running backs. But even at that, like a lot of these guys, which we'll get into, like they were hurt or they didn't do this till the end of the year or they didn't break out to the end of the year. So there was even less than that. Like, so there was definitely a really strange year, I think, to maybe, I guess, I don't, maybe, what do you, do you think um, people are talking about like the market adjusting? There was something talking about like how the market adjusted to a pass heavy league. And like, I made the take of like, no, not like not. No one made an adjustment because Kelsey was round one, end of round one. Adams was in round one. Hopkins round two. Do you think that that it's going to be more receiver, not more receiver heavy in round one? But do you think people are going to adjust to maybe running backs are fragile in the sense of like they're not guaranteed, or do you think it's going to be the other way around? Because I kind of think seeing this um, 
drought of running backs, you could say is going to make people want to draft him more just because they think if they miss out, they're going to be missing out on one, two to three rounds instead of just one round of running back. So what do you think the ADP might pertain to next year? Yeah, I think you're pretty much right on here. Look, to me, the most powerful force in all of the universe is inertia, right? The desire not to change anything. And for 15 years, almost all of round run has been running backs. And and that ain't changing. Like, you have to see four or five more years where your running back six was uh, a trash running back before people start to actually catch on. Now, you know, maybe there'll be more people out there on in the universe on Twitter on Instagram saying hey you know go with the zero RB this year let's do it but the masses man the people that all the people that play fantasy football there's a handful of smart guys everybody else is gonna go running back running back maybe running back again like they always have maybe because they're afraid to miss out on these top guys like you said Maybe because it's just a habit at this point, right? Just to load up on backs because that's what we think makes uh, makes a team work. But you, I think you proved it this year. That's not how you win. You won money this year, and you didn't do that anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it was we, me and Sky both had a really good year, uh, and it wasn't because like, I mean, I will say like the strategy did work, but it also got two x, three x enhanced once. Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. Josh Jacobs, all were bad, right? Like, it, yeah. it just made it so much easier. Like, obviously, because there's a lot of variance in it, and we do say it's lucky once you get into the playoffs because it clearly is, right? Like, you could have had the best team in the league. Week 16 played Alvin Kamara and Tom Brady. You just no chance you win, right? So it definitely got enhanced or uh, magnified more as to why my path to winning or everyone that didn't take round one or two running backs path to winning. And we will see that regress a little bit. But, like, you said I think the RB6 being bad. Like, hypothetically, Jonathan Taylor was a bad fantasy pick this year. Like, Most of which the season. Yeah, which we'll get into, like, why he was. And like, But people aren't going to see that going yeah. into next year. We talked about that a little bit in the, uh, uh, like, sort of the ADP zero RB recap, I don't know, a month ago, a couple weeks ago. This is – this what, what you just said is – the whole reason that the stat rat series exists on TCK pod, right? Because people see these finish lines and like you said, we'll get to it, but David Montgomery was the running back four. well, you know what? He's not worth the running back four. He wasn't all year, but people will see that and draft accordingly. Um, that's why you need to dig deep into what's really going on. So let's do a little bit of that. Let's dig a little bit deep. Um, we'll start this rundown of the top 24 backs from 2020. We are talking PPR here. Um, so if you play a different strategy, there might be a little bit of variance, but really not a lot in the way that the running back game is played today. But uh, we've got we've got three guys that are here in our tier one, our tier A. Um, it's Alvin Kamara is the number one back overall, and it was not close, right? He finished with 300 and almost 378 points. Dalvin Cook comes at number two with 340 points, right? So there's a, that's a game and a half difference um, between one and two. Derrick Henry right there behind Dalvin Cook. And really those three all year are the only three guys that were consistently good week in and week out that you can rely on. I know Cook missed a little bit of time in there, but for the most part, these are the only guys that you could, you could count on. Yeah, and I think... Um, if you were to say that McCaffrey wouldn't have gotten hurt, Saquon wouldn't have gotten hurt, and Jack wouldn't have gotten hurt, obviously that's very if statements, but like they would have been up in this tier too. Like for the most part, obviously they probably would have been uh Zeke and Barkley probably wouldn't have hit 300 points. I'd put my money on the under there, you could say. But yeah, I mean Kamara, um, I mean, I don't people I saw him go at like the 107s in drafts, people were fading him, who knows what reason they're gonna do it again next year because his splits without Drew Brees 
okay. Like, <laughs> he's, it's not like they're not going to use him. They just paid him. He's going to be fine. Dalvin Cook, the only reason I was maybe off him is just the injury because that's not how I play. But obviously, if you drafted him and you got 14 games out of him, um, their offense also hit a, an outrageous rate of yards per play, which is going to regress, but we're not worried about him. The one here, though, is Derrick Henry, who uh, he was my RB, I think, three come, like, final ranking push. And, I mean, no one had him that high, right? And it wasn't – and I made the statement of, like, this offense is still going to produce at a high yards per play level because that's just how they run, right? We're going to see the Falcons do this, maybe, if they stay healthy with Arthur Smith. This is just how the offense works. Derrick Henry had 17 rushing touchdowns last year, a number that everyone said would go down. And Tannehill had 12 passing touchdowns inside the five-yard line. Let's put that in the back of your mind. Also, Tannehill ran in seven touchdowns with two being inside the five-yard line. I'm not saying Derrick Henry's going to get all those, but, like, the offense went from really good to really good again, and no one cared because they're like, oh, wait, yeah, they're a good team. They're a good team coming into next year. We'll see without Corey Davis because I do think that could hurt their offense a little bit. Um, but he's just a guy that, like, Let's not make this hard. I think right now uh, I have him as my RB2 just because I'm not moving it around too much. But, like, right now he's just behind uh, McCaffrey and then Kamara's behind him. So, but, people, but he will be the RB5-6 next year, and people will probably regret it coming into uh, this time next year. Stud, yeah, the offense seems to be regression-proof in 2020. That's two years in a row now, right? Mm -hmm. At some point we just have to accept that that's who they are and that's who Derrick Henry is. And 17 touchdowns with a plenty of missed opportunities. Yeah. Fuck, could go up, could go up. We've seen more touchdowns in a season from backs in the past. All right, if we move on to the second tier here, it's a real steep cliff drop-off, right? You go from these three guys who are the only three backs in the league with 20-plus points per game, by the way, um, to number four, is David Montgomery. And as a Bears fan, I'm going to tell you that he was trash for mo all the way through their bye. Um, and then and then Matt Nagy gives up the play calling and they all of a sudden hit the cushiest fucking like cotton candy level uh, fluffy cloud schedule yeah. for running backs. And, and he did what he should have done, which is fantastic. Um, Aaron Jones right behind him. Some really great games, but usage was a question mark again for Aaron Jones. Jonathan Taylor is the number six back and he did pretty much the same thing. David Montgomery did nothing for most of the fucking season. Uh, and number seven here, James Robinson, you know, James Robinson is a guy who could have, should have been consistent last year, but that offense was just so bad. He didn't have the scoring opportunities as some of these guys. Um, and I'll talk about him in just a moment. Give me a quick breakdown of what you think of some of those guys first. Yeah, so I just grouped together Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, and I'm just going to throw in Dobbins and Akers into this tier because, uh, well, if you if you listen for a while, you know I was I am always super against um, RB rookie RB heavy in redraft. Obviously, I had Ceh ranked RB six, but like I wasn't spamming him; I was taking Kelsey instead. But so Akers, Demont, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, all I don't want to. Oh, I would say broke out towards the end of the year, you could say, or achieved the level of what they were being drafted for towards the end of the season, which we should always expect. But for some reason, people don't adjust to the results that match their expectations. Uh, best ball, these guys are fantastic picks. I'm pretty sure all four of those guys were top 15 in win rate at the running back position. That's just because the nature of they get eased in, right? Obviously, Montgomery's not a rookie, but I kind of threw him in this category because, like, 
it we were still waiting for his breakout because his volume was guaranteed just like the volume of the rookies was in a way guaranteed to start the year but Jonathan Taylor last year was being drafted in the the football guys championships like the highest stakes leagues you can play in as the RB17 which um is very 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 high right for a guy that had Marlon Mack and uh Niam Hines and for a team that, like, I think had a lot of question marks as to if they're going to be any good. Obviously, they have a good O-line. He finishes the RB6, though, obviously. But the first 10 weeks before his breakout due to, a, I don't know, an inflated schedule, you could say, but they might have that again next year. He was 12.12 PPR points per game, which Not is like good. RB30 or 29 Not in points per bad. game. So I don't like saying he wasn't worth the pick because, like, I don't know what happens in your league. You still could have made the playoffs with him being – your third round pick, but the odds are no, right? So he was a bad pick in a sense. And the ADP for, for this current year kind of bounced back to what it should be. But to start the year, he was going before Derrick Henry and Zeke. Um, Derrick Henry one is just insane to me. That was like literally what I talked about, how no one's going to buy. People will still bring him down. Zeke, I don't know yet, because we'll see if they uh, want to use their money the right way. But that's just kind of a, uh, to show you, the inflation that's going to come this following year. Montgomery, like you said, yeah, the first 10 weeks, um, he had 12.49 PPR per game. So like RB 27, a little bit ahead of Jonathan Taylor at an RB 20 ADP. He is the one though that I do kind of fight back on because I really liked him in the zero RB builds at RB 28 because you were getting the guaranteed volume as your round four pick. Uh, you would probably know more than me if he actually did break out. I I don't know, maybe he just got on the right side of variance and broke away on some extra runs or the, the, the schedule really inflated his points per game. Oh, this, um, I mean, he, he played over the last, however many, six, seven weeks, he played no defense inside, inside the top friggin' like 20 against yeah. running backs. It was as cush as you could imagine. And yet, yeah, and, and he also broke some really big runs. One of his 28 point games, uh, was a 180 yard touchdown and a bunch of two yard scampers, like 20 yeah. fucking two yard runs on top of that. So a little bit of both for him. Mm -hmm. And Tariq Cohen will or should be coming back. Uh, I, I don't even want to try and make a projection on how that's going to affect his volume. Because to be honest, I don't really know. Because like I said, I don't know who's going to be calling plays or who the quarterback's going to yeah. be. Uh, Montgomery's going as the RB21 right now in those same leagues uh, behind Najee Harris ahead of ETN, which obviously. I would imagine they both go ahead of him and then Kareem Hunt is the next closest running back. So he kind of is right back to where he should be in a sense. And then Dobbins and Akers are literally the same exact story. Uh, where RB 25 and 39 finished Akers finished lower. Cause I don't, he didn't like play a couple of games, but Dobbins RB 24 and he was getting right around 12 carries a game, the final five weeks. And then he got that into the playoffs uh, and their ADPs haven't, uh, I mean, like, Akers is the RB10 right now, and Dobbins is the RB13 right now. So, like, we'll see as it comes. But I just kind of wanted to highlight, like, the we see this kind of tier every year of, like, end-of-year production. Um, and I would say Derrick Henry was kind of in that tier-ish last year, or, like, that's how he kind of got his name. But what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is this tier is bring down maybe your expectations or rankings on these guys just a little bit because we do see this every year, and they usually – regress back down to what they should be and not this high outlier uh, finish. Yeah. And you know, people are going to be emotional about these guys because if, if you won championships, there's a good chance you had one of those guys yeah. on your roster in your lineups during those playoffs because they went nuts. David Montgomery won a lot of people championships, even though they probably bitched about owning him and tried to trade him yeah. all fucking season. 
but uh, that happened. All right, James Robinson, another guy in this category. I just want to touch on really quickly. First, um, I'll say I did a a stat right episode in week 16, where I looked at all these rookie backs. Um, I looked at the second half of their season and I, and I broke out a bunch of statistical categories to kind of rank where I thought these guys would be. Go back and listen to it. It's a 20 minute episode. I thought it was really fantastic work that I did there, Lucas. So if you haven't heard it yet, please do. But, but, but in that in that episode, I talked about James Robinson, right? Most rookie touches over the last half of the season. Third most, he had 22 touches per game in the last eight games of the regular season. Third most of all backs, right? He had the most rookie targets over the course of that time. Four targets per game. People don't think he's a pass-catching back. But amongst at least the rookies, um, he was doing it on a fairly regular basis. He was 100% successful from the goal line runs inside the five he had five of them and he scored five touchdowns on five of those carries right he's a beast of a dude he's hard to take down we know that about him also scored a touchdown from inside the 10 on uh, on one of three targets from that spot on the field the guy's got opportunity coming out of his ears in 2020 the problem is um, and i had a conversation with a friend of mine about this just yesterday Um, the problem is it's impossible right now to evaluate where james robinson should be going into next season because Urban Meyer comes in, Daryl Bevel comes in. They're going to draft um, a quarterback, probably Trevor Lawrence. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Fields. You know, Urban Meyer might throw us a curveball. He he recruited him after all. But uh, we have no idea what's going to happen to this team. And Urban Meyer is such a wild card coming into the NFL because he ran a certain type of offense in college, um, uh, the type of offense that was – you know, pass first, pass second, pass third, look for the big plays. You want your running back to be a pass blocker. That's what you need for him to do. And to be honest, Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator here, did a lot of that with Adam Gase in New York as well. So will they bring that to the Jaguars this year? Who knows? Um, Not to mention, anytime you have a new coaching staff come in, like maybe they want a different kind of player. Maybe they're looking for a more explosive player than James Robinson because he's not that uh, so so they may decide they don't like him. He's costing the team nothing. So it's not like moving on from him is going to be expensive for the team. We have to just wait and see, which is unfortunate because he had so much opportunity and did enough, I think, to prove to any coaching staff that he can be um, the every down back. But uh, if you're a dynasty player, you have to evaluate him right now. So the conversation, Lucas, I had with my buddy, and I'll ask you this, was What's his trade value for Dynasty? Um, what, you know, what is he worth in trade? Where would you where would you put him right now? What kind of a pick would you pay to get James Robinson on your team? So this is a question that I was actually asked, I don't know, a month ago. And I told people, like, listen, like this, your speculation is the reason why Dynasty is such uh, a good, such a game where you can get an edge, right? Because you're not going to this is the lowest you're going to buy him because either they don't draft anyone and he's a top 12 RB. They could change their offense and throw more, but like guys, the Jags still suck, right? This is the whole thing with the, with the Bengals, right? Everyone was saying to like, obviously bro got hurt, but bet the over six wins. And I'm like, no, like the team is still bad, right? Like if they get Trevor Lawrence, sure. O-line's still not great. So, so hypothetically say they don't draft anyone, which I think would be the smartest move for them. I'm sure you agree. Not on the sense of like, we like James Robinson, but like a team building scenario. You're gonna have to pay up. Yeah, you're going to have to pay up for him. But where people are like, I can buy him lower if they get – I think a popular one people are throwing around is like Kenny Gainwell out of Memphis, like a round three pick. 
whatever, besides the point, but you're not going to be buying him if they draft someone lower. So don't even throw out like his value goes down because his value is at the lowest it is right now. I'm seeing a lot of 2021 first um, on the player profiler, uh, like dynasty thing they have where they track the trades on uh, my fantasy league. I'm seeing a second and some like uh, Denzel Mims, uh, I don't even know who else, a bunch of random, uh, someone traded him like David Johnson straight up for him, so, stuff like that where like, I think that's pretty fair. So like, I would probably, I don't know, like the way I play is I would maybe throw a late first at him, right? Because yeah. you're just, you're taking a gamble that they don't draft anyone. And if you do, you just gave up uh, ADP thinking um, Jalen Waddle for a top 12 RB, or I don't even know who's going to be Kyle Pitts, maybe for a top 12 RB. So my philosophy is you buy now, right? Because you're not going to get them lower. If you're the owner, though, my philosophy would be you hold now because you might be able to sell them for higher. If not, it's a lost yeah. cause. If not, oh, sorry, you lost your fourth round rookie pick last year. Like, so I think people got to think of it in that context. So I would probably right. throw an early second. It would be like, I think the, the average, I would maybe go late first. Um, but I have him on quite a bit of teams thanks to, uh, to your ranking and your pump up last year. He's, I think he's my fourth round pick on uh, almost every league that I had some definitely sitting good. I decided we, we sort of decided after going back and forth with this guy for a little bit. Um, if I'm sitting at the 106, I'd think about it. I'd think about giving up the 106. He's at 110, and, and um, I told him all day throw a 110 at him because again, if you hit, you hit. And and late round, late first round rookie picks, a lot of times that's what it is. Like you could hit, you could not hit. So um, yeah, back half of the first round is I think where you probably evaluate him. All right, let's let's move off of this tier two. Let's go on to our tier three backs from 2020. It's a slightly larger list. Uh, so we'll rip through that. At number eight overall was Josh Jacobs, just over 15 points per game. Zeke came in at um, nine overall, but under 15 points per game. He was the 17th best running back in points per game in 2020, which is part of the reason, like you hear... Zeke was a big bust this year, but then he finished running back nine, but he played a lot of games relative to some of these guys. So his points per game, not where you hoped. Kareem Hunt at number 10 in that same tier, uh, under 14 points per game for him. Um, Nick Chubb is an interesting one for me, and I think we'll talk about it because he comes in at number 11, uh, but he only played 12 games, right? 17 plus points per game. If he had the time, you have to think he'd have finished maybe even in that tier above. Um, next up was Mike Davis. Really nice surprise for people like yourself, the zero running backs that uh, maybe picked up a, a, a really late round backup somewhere or swiped him up off, off the waiver wire. And uh, last year we put Antonio Gibson, who, um, again, I'm sure we'll talk about Antonio Gibson in just a little bit. But that's our tier three backs coming out of 2020. Um, who do you want to highlight here? So, yeah, so Josh Jacobs, proved exactly why we weren't drafting him not because he wasn't going to finish his rb8 but because by taking him you got exactly what you drafted him for and you passed up on kelsey adams hopkins i'm going to throw michael thomas in there because he got hurt obviously he wouldn't have been from the looks of when he was playing like the top end guy but still that's besides the point the zeke one is interesting to me because people we recorded episodes throughout the year and uh, I'm not going to like say like Sky and the commish guys like made it seem like he was the reason that like teams that had Zeke were losing, but they were saying bench Zeke, you can't trust him. And like, hypothetically, I get that, but like, okay, I pulled up his game log, his fantasy game log here. 
he only had one, two, three, four, five games below 10 points. And I get that your first round pick, like that's not good, but like the weeks Dak played the first, what, five weeks, he was scoring 27, 24, seven, like like, he didn't lose you your league, right? Like he was not the reason you lost. He was the reason that you had to adjust. He may well have been a reason you missed playoffs because he went on like an eight week streak after D or after, uh, after Dak left where he scored one touchdown over the entirety of yeah. that time. And that's what fucks you because with Zeke, you count on touchdowns, right? Like you need those and you got him when Dak was playing and you got him at the end of the year that court sort of saved his ranking. But there was a huge stretch in there that like, if you were relying on him, you might've missed your playoffs because of, of Zeke. Yeah, I think that's kind of fair. I guess the only, like, feedback I have would be, like, okay, you took Zeke instead of, what, Barkley, CMC? They didn't win your leagues. Obviously, Derrick Henry passed on CEH. Like, he didn't win yeah, your people leagues. Yeah, but may people probably skipped Kamara for Zeke. That's that's true. That's That is true as well. So, like, I think it was a little blown out of context. Um, I'm not saying, like, what I say? He's my RB5, I think, or something. I don't even know what he is in my rankings. I, as much as I want Tony Pollard to take work, it's not happening. Like it's been two years. We've the games where he's got the work, like, holy cow, this is exactly the reason you draft him in round nine. And he still doesn't get the work when Zeke plays healthy. Right. Like it's, it's just, I and mean, there was someone that tweeted it out. Like they were talking about like replacement value of say Tony Pollard walked into Zeke's role. It's not possible because Tony Pollard's like 200 pounds, right? Like th- these guys that we want to do this don't have the bodies to do it. That's why they're behind these players ahead of them. So I like Zeke for next year. Um, I like Pollard for next year. Literally the same reasoning. Um, if they get Dak back, this offense is probably the best in the league again, just due to the nature of with the weapons they have if Dak is healthy. So I don't mind Zeke um, for next year's ADP is probably right around the 5-6. The two Cleveland backs, um, we pumped up pretty heavily last year. Um, I think we were ahead of the market in terms of they both can be viable because this offense is going to be such a run-efficient probably best running attack in the league. Obviously, Kareem Hunt, I think his RB9 finish got a little, or 10 finish got a little inflated by Chubb missing, but, like, I don't really know if it did too much. Like, like I think if, say, Chubb would have played, what do you play, 12 games? If Chubb would have played 16, Hunt might have been, I don't know, I'm just looking. 15, yeah, like, ahead of, ahead of Hines, and he was drafted yeah. as, like, the RB25. So, like, this is, I think it's going to happen again next year, right? Because this team is in no position to bring in more weapons based on just what they have, the money they have attached to Odell, Jarvis Landry, Hooper, Harrison Bryant, these two running backs. Like they're running the back with what they have on offense. So again, they're going to be two great picks. Mike Davis, yeah. I mean, we can't expect something like that to happen. Um, The running back that was cut by the Bears last year, (laughs) RB12 for a team that frankly was not that good, right? Like we can't expect that to happen. He's uh, been cut is, each of the last two years going yeah. into this one. Seattle cut him the year prior. Chicago cut him last year, right? Yeah. So, well, I mean, hypothetically, there's a guy like that probably in the 20s usually, and he's kind of – and he's worth the late-round pick, but not to the extent he was. I mean, Gibson, yeah, you can talk about him all you want. The one thing I will say with him is I think what I'm seeing is a lot of people are – they're acting like he's like this three-down workhorse. And, like, if you actually – watch the games they did not use him they, they obviously he caught balls because it's a football game a lot of plays gonna happen but like if they really wanted to use him as a three down back they could have right McKissick is not even anywhere close to the still skill level as Gibson Gibson could have caught all those passes so 
my thing would be I just have a little bit of a pullback because I think they're going to run it back with McKissick or with someone else like that because, I mean, come on, they made the playoffs doing it, and all they got to do is add a quarterback now. So you can take it away with Gibson because you obviously have a lot more notes than I do. Here's a, here's a thing. Here's a thing about McKissick and Gibson, right? Like Antonio Gibson goes to 31 other teams in the NFL that, you know, needed a back, obviously didn't have, didn't have their big stud, but he absolutely is the pass catching back. He played wide receiver for the last however many years, right? The problem is JD McKissick has played wide receiver longer, right? Mm -hmm. Both of these two backs were wide receivers that were converted. So even though Antonio Gibson's a great route runner with fantastic hands and is electric as shit with the ball in the open field on short passes, so is JD McKissick and McKissick's faster and they can save a guy like Gibson and not get him as many reps, not as many hits, which is why he wasn't on the field. But in that same um, week 16 stat rat episode, uh, you know, we broke down a bunch of stat categories. They were touches, targets, goal line opportunities, broken tackle rates, um, yards per carry, yards, rushing yards, over expected yards, percentage of carries that ended in first downs, bunch of different stat categories. And Antonio Gibson came out as the best overall rookie back for the second half of last season based on all that stuff kind of put together. He wasn't the best, I think, in any of the categories, but he was two or three in every single category. Um, and that was nice. And, and, and what I said all year about the guy is, remember, he's learning how to play running back now. Mm-hmm. He had 30 carries in college. He had 30 carries in high school. Like, this guy is learning how to play running back now. And um, he's got the coaching staff around him to, to show him how to do it. He's a, he's a big guy, a fast guy, an explosive guy, and a smart kid who who I think the sky is the limit for him as a running back in this league. J.D. McKissick will definitely take a lot of targets away, but Antonio Gibson's a four-target-a-game guy, too. A yeah. four-plus target a game. Even when McKissick was in there, this is what they wanted to do on offense, throw it a lot to both of these backs. Um, we'll see who's playing quarterback next year. That's going to make a difference, but I think he's learning. I think he's already got plenty of the tools I think this offense knows how to use him. Um, Rivera is a fantastic coach, and the staff that he built around him is uh, is uh, ready to use him. I like Gibson a lot. I think Gibson's going to be a really nice value. I don't know anything about ADPs going into next year. I don't know if you've got that, but Let's to me, is a target for sure. RB. So these are these are best ball, but these are high stakes. So I think they kind of even out. He is the yeah. RB seventeen behind Mixon and Sanders, ahead of J Rob and Ceh. But he's also kind of in that dead zone of A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, A-Rob, Mark Andrews, Mike Evans, and Julio um, yeah. to where I'm, I, if, he, if he stays there, I'll probably be off him because that's when I'll be targeting those volume. Yeah, that's, a, that's, about, that's about where he should go. My, my guess is that in your regular freaking fantasy leagues, not your high stake stuff, he'll be yeah. between running backs 20 and 24, 25 in that range. And he, to me, that's a great value. He'd probably be after Harris, Etienne, yeah. and David Montgomery. And so take him right ahead around. of – I would take him ahead of those guys every single day of the week. Yeah, and I think that's – like this is reflective of higher stakes. But, yeah, I, I do agree he'd be below those three. Uh, Kareem Hunt maybe even b- below him, but he will fall below a lot of those receivers. Um, I think due to the fact that, like, a lot of – I don't want to say lower-end fantasy leagues, but a lot of the not as competitive or um, committed, I guess is the word uh, – didn't know who Gibson was, right? Like, yeah. he played receiver. Like, so they didn't, right. 
they're like, okay, he's getting points, but like, how is he getting these points? Because everyone just thought he was a receiver. So one of one of the things that I think is going to benefit his value and 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 tank it a little bit is that he missed games late in the season. Um, yeah. And late in the season when Washington was playing so well, it was on the back of their defense and none of the offensive players were were blowing up like he wasn't having huge games. He was having consistently good games, but um, I like him to fall. He's one of my watch guys going into 2021. All right. Last tier here. Uh, the rest of the guys fall in this same general range for me for different reasons. And we'll kind of highlight a couple of them. But number 14 overall was Melvin Gordon at uh, just over 13 points per game as he was dealing with the Philip Lindsay problem. Uh, Naheem Hines here, just over 12 points per game. Uh, same team as your number six overall. It really, it really awesome to see two guys finish top 15 on a team. I mean, you knew that could happen with Indianapolis and it sure did. Kenyon Drake played more games than you remember him playing in 2020, just under 13 points a game. He finishes 16 overall. There is JD McKissick. Um, played in all the games this year, and barely any of his 191 fantasy points came on the ground. Uh, so that tells you something in a PPR situation. Here's DeAndre Swift, who you didn't mention when you talked about those guys that blew up late. You could have probably mentioned that. Um, I'm, he's still a Detroit Lion, though, for me. Chris Carson, the exact opposite situation. Just a, right along with Russell Wilson, huge beginning of the year. Only played 12 games. 15, almost 16 points per game. That's closer to top six or seven numbers on a per game basis. Um, actually running back 14 per game, but that includes guys that played two games. Uh, Ronald Jones is in here who after the playoffs and that Super Bowl looks like Ronald Jones is dead. You can write him off. David Johnson, again, only 12 games, 15 points per game means he probably finished better than the 21 where he finished at the end of the year. Clyde Edwards, he lair, another rookie with struggles, uh, 13 and a half points per game. Miles Sanders is at number 23, another guy that only played 12 games, 14 plus points per game when he did it. And then J.K. Dobbins, you already mentioned, he was a running back 24 in PPR uh, last season. Played 15 games, but really probably, really only played eight or nine, right? Yeah. So. Um, that's a that's a big group there. Just uh, shoot me some shoot me some insider knowledge on one or two of those guys. So I think McKissick and uh, Hines are. We see this every year where two pass catching backs make it into startable fantasy numbers. Right, James White is usually one of them, right? But yeah, and the the one that is why zero RB is a strategy every year because you have to identify where these guys are, and it's pretty easy to identify preseason or after week two three like who these guys are going to be Hines yeah. is one that I didn't have a ton of but like in the leagues I did I knew what I had him for and then McKissick I think after like week three or four he was right up there as one of the top waiver pickups behind Robinson or even uh maybe Robinson was pre pre-week one but besides the point yeah I mean I don't know Drake uh Sanders even kind of Chris Carson we usually see three to four of these running backs kind of fall on the back end here either due to injuries or not all the running backs can hit. Um, sounds like Carson's kind of on the way out it, from what I can understand. I don't know their plan. It seems like a very Seattle pick to go get like Carlos Hyde back or something, something like that. But I don't know. There's not much value going forward here. I Dobbins, yes, but I think his ADP is going to get super inflated um, due to the Mark Ingram leaving situation. I need to do more research about projections to how I think this team's going to run. And then, yeah, you said Swift. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we'll slowly see 
his ADP get bulked up based on the narrative that like he's going to be a workhorse. And yet again, we're Don't still trying it. to have a Lions running back be a workhorse new coach, but like yet again, we're still trying. And and the fact that it was like what was it, what was it, the DC for the Saints or like I I don't I don't even know I don't even know like what who this is <laughs> what they're gonna do. So um, uh, not much to take away. I would say just monitor the ADPs on this guys because I don't really know an evaluation right now. I'm gonna give you uh, uh, just fucking brilliant take on Miles Sanders in a minute, but before I do that, um, should have done this earlier in the episode. Kind of forgot. Uh, I'm gonna ask you right now. Out of the 24 guys we just listed, if I told you you could have one of those jerseys right now from 2020, who are you picking? Man, this is kind of tough. Um. Oh, there's, there's know, probably, a right answer. I would say probably Derrick Henry. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, Montgomery, because I go to Iowa State, I guess. But, like, I was looking yeah, for but, a uh, – who, who – I literally had a mind name in my head. Oh, Philip Lindsay, but he didn't do good this year. So, yeah, we'll see. You're jumping on the uh, D train, huh? Yeah, you should have said – you should have said David Montgomery as a cyclone. I'm sure everybody – Everybody from Ohio State's disappointed in you. The right answer is Antonio Gibson, by the way. Washington football team, like those will never exist again. I ask you that because, um, look, we've partnered here at TCK with some of the best jersey makers out there. Like you want to get a legit fucking stud, great looking jersey at like a third the goddamn price. You can get them online at NFL.com. You need to go get on Instagram, um, hit up your boys at Jersey Jungle on Instagram. They will fucking hook you up. Beautiful, beautiful sewn jerseys. Um, look great, real cheap. I, I think they're 60 bucks for a jersey regular price. If you buy two of them, uh, one or two, use the coupon code TCK. You can get 10% off. But if you want to buy a three-pack, they'll give you 15% off, and you're still barely spending more than just one NFL.com jersey. Um, so go do that now. Go hit him up at Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Uh, tell them we sent you here at the TCK, and uh, and they're gonna they're gonna give you some beautiful swag at uh, rock bottom prices. Okay, so go do that now. Let me tell you a little bit about Miles Sanders. Okay, Miles Sanders was I, he was great this year, and I say that for a couple of reasons. Okay, five point three yards per carry is a big one. Um, doubled his rushing touchdown numbers on the year with less carries. That's a big one. Maintained 50-plus targets again for the second year in a row on this team. That's a big one. But he did these things with literally a bunch of fucking high school B-team scrubs playing offensive line and Carson Wentz taking snaps, okay? Uh, The fact that you can perform at a five plus yards per carry over almost 200 carries on a team like that to me is as impressive as it gets. Yes. He finished running back 23 this year on a per game basis. He was the 20th best running back, but Miles Sanders showed me watching those games um, that he's somebody that can absolutely if the situation improves, which is still a big if, we know that. We know the line will be better as people get back from injuries, although they did lose some of those pieces. But uh, if the situation gets any better, he's a guy that I think you target high and get some good value out of in your in your middle round, four or five probably rounds based on the way he's going to fall here. Of course, 
this the uh, you, you have to slow your roll a little bit because again we have a new coaching staff coming in. Uh, Nick Sirianni, um, Shane Steichen coming in to run this offense. We know a, a, just a little bit about Steichen. He had um, about a season and a half to show us what he wants to do on offense. And when he had the opportunity to run an offense, we saw really efficient play, right? Um, yards per play went up. Yards per carry went up. Red zone efficiency went up. Overall scoring per game. All these things went up when he took over halfway through the 2019 season. Um, and despite having a really tough go at it this year in Los Angeles, um, it was a relatively uh, efficient offense, right? We saw some really good things on that team offensively, even though they couldn't win a game. I think he's going to be a good offensive coordinator in here. Um, we'll see what Sirianni wants to do and how much you let Sykin just kind of take over. Quarterback play is going to matter too after Wentz leaves this team, which will happen whether it's for Chicago or not. But I think Miles Sanders is the guy that you should target um, in those later rounds. And if he falls along with Antonio Gibson outside the top 20, snag him immediately. I think he's going to be a really great return on that investment. You Do you agree? Just say yes, because I'm right. I mean, he's going to the 16, Gibson 17. Like the only – um there there is about where he probably should go but any lower than that man swoop yeah i i guess i'm a little more bullish this year because uh he's siriani he's from the the uh colts coaching tree and people know that i'm a big colts coaching tree guy because it's the best coaching staff best organization uh from a from an organizational standpoint in the nfl yeah i don't know i mean i guess kind of led to the topic, but like, do you think Jalen Hurts sucks? Cause for some reason people were really on board those three weeks he played. And then like, now it's like, he's not a good quarterback and he's not the QB of the future. Like, I guess one, I'm confused, like what I'm missing, uh, like the Packers game, for example, like that offense looked good. Sanders looked good. Hurts looked good. Rager looked good in that game. Like the offense is there. They were just as banged up, if not more than the Cowboys. But I feel like people are like, holding them back for some reason to like those injuries don't work themselves out for them, but they do for the Cowboys to some extent. My, this is my expectation for Jalen Hurts. Okay. Um, you know, anytime, anytime a young kid comes in and drastically changes the way an offense looks, um, if he's, if he's halfway decent, like there's going to be a spike or in those early games, like if he can complete a pass at all, there's going to be a spike in those early games. The offense is going to look a lot better because it takes a little bit of time for teams to kind of come around and see what that offense looks like and plan against it. I think there will be a dip at the beginning of the year for Hertz. Um, and, and then it's, it's going to be a, you know, a little bit of a, a, a trial and tribulation for him. Like, can he come through those struggles after such a hot start to his career? You know, and and I think you know he can. He he had a lot of those same kind of issues in college that he had to play through struggles, play through injury, had to leave his team after losing a job that should have been his. Um, so so if anybody can do it, like I think he's got the pedigree to do it. But I do expect there to be a dip over the first four, five, maybe six games of the year. We'll see what the schedule looks like. But uh, he'll be he'll be a good quarterback this year. Probably not as good as people might expect based on the first few games, though. Yeah, uh, they're, they're one we'll have to see because uh, a lot of mocks have them going receiver at seven and like they need receiver. But that's like, they, the, fifth, yeah, they fifth, that's like the fifth need of that team from an actual like team, team building perspective uh, in that sense. So we'll see. But I'm still picking them over the Cowboys, as always, to win the division going into next year. Yeah. All right, Lucas, look, that's the top 24 running backs from 2020. 
you know, we'll get into a lot more looking forward sort of stuff with some of these same guys later on in this offseason. A lot of moves yet to happen on these teams, though. So um, let's kind of watch. Keep your ear to the grindstone. Uh, we will uh, we'll be back here every Tuesday and Thursday over the next, I don't even know how long, uh, giving you just the best offseason information you can. We're still going to do next week. I think we've got wide receivers. we got tight ends for you. That's when that's when Kaser and I will be back, and that will be a fucking great show. Tune in. I know it's tight ends, and they're boring as shit, but we've got some things planned. We don't, but we're going to by then. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, look, episode 362 here is in the books, man. Do you have anything, any parting words for the people about how running backs looked or just how you look today? Or look, we're on the, what, 49th day of 2021. Anything to tell the people about anything at all? Um, it's freezing cold in Iowa. I'm sure it's cold where you're at. It's, uh, it was negative 17 when I left my, my, uh, my apartment this morning. Um, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to any resemblance of non, uh, actually, okay. Well, if people live in Texas, I heard you guys is like power went out. It's going crazy down there and it's 45 degrees warmer than it is here. So just keep that in mind when you guys complain about the cold down there. Fuck yeah, we were negative 10. We had two feet of snow. That's how we do in Michigan. Come on. <laughs> All right, guys, we're uh, we're done. We're out of here. Have a great night. Check back with the TCK next Tuesday when Sky and Bobby break down them wide receivers for you guys. And Lucas and I here, we'll see you next Thursday. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.